Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Niknaz Aftahi, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. I'm, this is going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, let me introduce you to to our audience. Nick Naz is the CEO and co-founder of AEC Plus Tech, an all-in-one innovation platform and community connecting architecture, engineering, construction, and operations professionals with the latest tools and technologies. You can learn more about it at aecplustech.com, all spelled out, one word, aecplustech.com. Uh, and prior to launching AEC Plus Tech, Nick Naz practiced architecture in the Bay Area in California, both as a design professional as well as a design technologist. Nick Naz is a member of the AEC, uh, AEC of the AIA San Francisco Design Technology Committee, and has also been developing curriculum and teaching architecture courses online to Baha'i students in Iran who continue to be deprived uh, of access to universities in their own country. Um, so. I'm fascinated to hear a little bit about that as well. I think that'll be interesting. Um, sure. Nick Naz, I would love to hear your origin story. You know, where did this all start? Um, when did you discover your passion for architecture and what or who actually inspired you to do what you're doing today? 
Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Mark. So my story is that I'm trained as an architect. I received my Bachelor of Architecture in Iran at the BIHE. Uh, BIHE stands for Baha'i Institute for Higher Education. So as a Baha'i, I couldn't go to university in Iran. And the BIHE is an informal university that has no permanent building or space. And I studied there. Uh, then I came to the U.S. and completed a Master of Architecture at UC Berkeley. So for my thesis at Berkeley, I worked with a computer scientist and developed a computational system for offering the most optimal, you know, public spaces in Tehran. Um, it was a pretty interesting project. Um, and then that's when I really became interested in the potential applications of technology in design and how technology can help us as designers design better spaces and better buildings. After school, I worked as a designer at a couple of architecture firms in the Bay Area. And for five years, I worked at ELS architecture firm, architecture and urban design firm in Berkeley. It's a medium-sized design firm. And that's when I started to think more and more about tools and software and solutions that can improve our daily workflow. Because, you know, working as an architect on a daily basis, there are there was times and moments um, that I would get frustrated by how slow we are working at design. I mean, the slow um, pace of traditional design and procurement workflows, you know, like the repetitive task you um, do when you are putting together a design development set or a construction document set or construction or DDC, DCA, construction administration. You repeat, sometimes you repeat the same thing over and over and over. And I felt like many times my brain was just shut off unless I was involved with like the conceptual phase, the conceptual design phase, like yeah. designing something, actively designing something. But other than that, there were times that I was I would just get bored. And then at ELS, the principals of our office were very open to uh, learn about new tools and technologies. And they let me start a design technology committee. Uh, and we were focused on computational design, you know, sustainability, visualization, and rendering. And the committee kept growing and we worked on many initiatives in the office, you know, like we were going to events and conferences, we were finding new tools and running that group of, you know, that committee, that group inspired me to focus on what I'm doing today, because, you know, through that research I was doing for the office, um, I realized that so much innovation is happening out there in the built tech world, but unfortunately, most of it is still just unknown to the mainstream offices, you know, to small and medium sized offices, um, to the industry. So I became really interested in this innovation and introducing them to the office. Yeah, that's such an interesting story. I, I want to go back to the very beginning of that story. Um, when you were in Iran and you you when did you decide that you wanted to be an architect? Do you remember the moment when the idea of, of an architect and architecture was introduced to you? And do you remember who introduced you to to what architecture was? Yeah, that was actually, um, it's interesting, it was pretty late in my studies because so as a Baha'i, as a Baha'i ch like ch child yeah. in Iran, you know that when the time comes for you to go to university, you don't have many options because not you're not allowed to enter like a national university. So my only option was BIHG, the Baha'i Institute, and BIHG doesn't have many majors. And at the time, it didn't have architecture when I entered university. So I studied 
a software engineering for two years, but I knew that it's, I, I liked it, you know, I love, I still love programming and coding and all that, but I knew that I was really good in painting. I had this like artistic, um, you know, um, part of me that was always into like being more creative. Um, and then, so after two years that I studied software engineering, then suddenly BIH, there were some professors that decided to start the architecture major oh, and wow. I was so lucky to be amongst the first group yeah. of architecture students it was just eight of us um and then yeah that's that's basically when it was like maybe I was like I don't know 21 or 22 it was pretty late in my studies that I decided to pursue architecture yeah so were your parents creative uh, they are, you know, they both are artists. My, my dad is also an engineer, but they both are pretty talented in terms of their artistic talents. You know, they, my mom is a professional singer, you know, my dad is a really good painter. He's a really good carpenter. He's also a civil engineer. Yeah. But they, Interesting. Well, now you can see where it all came from, right? So you have, yeah. you have uh, the creative side from your mom and your dad, engineer, but also creative. And so it's like, if you're going to put together an architect, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring those two people together and you'll make an architect. Yeah, um, really interesting. And then and then focusing on technology and software at first in school, uh, and then having the opportunity to have an architecture program start while you're there. And sort of it all sort of comes together. And uh, it totally makes sense. So you start architecture uh, education there. And how did you go from from uh, architecture school in Iran to California. Yeah, so when I came to Berk, when I came to the U.S., actually, I applied to many universities. Mm -hmm. But since I didn't have a formal degree from Iran, there I didn't know if any of these universities are going to accept my yeah. informal bachelor degree or not. So I applied to twelve universities all over the U.S., <laughs> and then I had to go in person to each of them and explain my story. You know, I'm tiny, why I couldn't go to university, and many of them would tell me that you know your school was not regionally accepted in your own country. How do you expect us to accept your university? So I had to, so it was a really long journey. Like it took me like a year to convince all these universities one by one. And then uh, Berkeley, UC Berkeley was one of the schools that accepted my degree uh, and they offered me admission, which was great. I was the first BIH student, you know, at Berkeley. And after I got accepted, they uh, they wrote an article on the Chronicle for Higher Education and said that from now on, BIH degree will be accepted at UC Berkeley. Um, um, so the, basically, they, the degree is now a recognized degree, an accredited degree yes. at all the UC schools because UC Berkeley accepted so all the other UC schools. So um, I was really, I was really excited and thrilled that they accepted that, and I decided to yeah move to Berkeley. I was at, in San Diego at the time. I decided to move to Berkeley and um, do my master there. Is that where you're based now? Are you based there now? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, I'm here. So, so the heart of the techno technology in the world, and so totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, so you practiced in the Bay Area and then um, got involved with the AIA in San Francisco, uh, started the design technology or, or active on the design, um, design technology committee, um, and, uh, and continued to grow your passion for architecture and technology uh, with, yeah. with that. Um, before we get into the platform, I want to just go back to your work with Baha'i students in Iran. Um, 
how did that happen and and what is what's what's in, involved in doing that yeah so you know i since i've had this experience of being you know banned from education that frustration of not having access to we can't even like in iran go to a public library because we don't have a student id we don't exist as a student so since mm -hmm. i have that i've experienced that frustration you know when you when you leave a certain problem then you um, you really want to help as yeah. soon as you can. So as soon as I uh, was done with my education at Berkeley, I wanted to give back and help and started to teach, you know, sometimes as a TA, sometimes as a, now I'm teaching as an instructor, as a professor. So I have my own course. I have the TAs who help me. Uh, and sometimes I help like um, develop, developing some curriculum for the school. Um, you know, it's just, it just gives me, it's a great cause for me. I, I feel like all of us should have, besides yeah. like our professional career, we should have like a side noble cause yeah. uh, that you're passionate about. So that BIH is really my, that's the cause for me that I'm so passionate uh, about helping. And unfortunately, you know, why students is still after like more than 40 years now, cannot go to university. Mm. So Baha'is are the biggest religious minority Iran. They are like hundreds. They're like, so many of them that every year are eligible to apply for different majors, but they are banned. So I, I just want to help in any way I can. So now I'm helping architecture students. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thanks. That makes me so happy. <laughs> it's it's important, right? Um, it's one of the, the things I say here at the podcast all the time um, is love, learn, share. Those are the three lessons I want to share with the world is to love one another share, um, learn everything you can and share all your knowledge with everyone you know. And so that's a perfect example of that, of all three of those love, learn, yeah. share. And so I appreciate you for doing that. Thanks. Thank you. And, you know, I'd say um, that's one of the reasons that I started uh, AC Plus Tech because yeah. you know, AC Plus Tech is a platform about sharing knowledge about technology. And uh, I have this belief that everyone should have access to the latest knowledge, including, you know, new technologies in, in any field they work in, regardless of whether they come from a technical background or not. So, you know, being an BIH student, undergrad students in Iran, I didn't have access to many educational resources. Um, and, and now, and, and I experienced that like being a sense of being banned, being like restricted. So now I find it very important and noble uh, to help share knowledge, like you're saying, and help others improve their work, like through AC Plastic and their life in general. You know, and the goal is that we democratize access to the latest products and we also make it very simple and as easy as possible for people to understand what technologies are out there. So I'd say like a part of the reason I started the platform is coming from my past. Yeah, for sure. So explain what AEC plus tech is. Um, what would people find when they go there? Sure. So with the AC Plastic platform, we are basically providing a centralized online resource, a database, a repository for the users to keep up with the latest um, AC in architecture, engineering, construction tools and technologies and discover the real world applications of these tools through case studies, through like um, past case studies that have been done using these products. So we basically help um, AC companies find the right tool and technology for their practice based on the size of their firm, you know, the type of their projects. And we also help tech companies find the right customer for their innovative solution and software. And so our goal is uh, becoming like a one-stop shop for finding the best solutions and products. And we want to be a thought leader 
we don't we don't want to like advertise a particular product or particular solution we are not biased towards anything it's just really um uh, it, we find it very important to engage you know mainstream design and construction companies um not just the large ones who have so you know the large ones the large architecture and ac firms they have the resources to find these technologies but the rest are falling behind so um so we think it's important that we familiarize familiarize them we introduce to them the these like new disruptive technologies that can help them um make their workflow more efficient you know save time and money and can can really help their process so and so now the name makes perfect sense aec plus technology you're basically taking the technology and the architecture engineering construction industries and and creating a platform where these two things can come together to be mutually beneficial what a great That's idea exactly. thank you so so um I know that you there's written content there. And I think the way that you and I connected uh, was through some some um, interviews that you were doing some webinars. Um, and so is, is that something that you typically do? Do you do that on a regular basis that create content like that? Yes, yeah, we have monthly AEC tech talks. And we invite um, companies, you know, AC firms, we invite investors, as well as technology firms to um, have a discussion, you know, we have panel discussion, and we want them to share with us their success stories, how they think these new tools and solutions are helpful for their process. Sometimes companies come and talk about their in house tools, and, you know, some like open source, some are just like in house um software sometimes investors talk about what they found very interesting um you know in different categories like it could be i don't know 3d printing prefab um digital twin ar vr so we talk about everything and we also invite you know our our community to get engaged and ask questions from the speakers so yeah. we do it on a monthly basis when when um when you and I first met, you were talking to investors, and that was something that that I could not find information in in the AEC world about uh, investors and VCs. Um, and so we've recently had some VCs and investors on the show, and they came either directly or indirectly from our contact at that original time months and months ago. Um, and so I wanted to just thank you for making those introductions and those connections. Sure, uh, it's, of course. It's not only benefited me to help me learn about those subjects, but I've brought them onto the podcast and we've been able to share some of that information with our community as well. And so I appreciate you being that connector for me. Of course, my pleasure, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them with features like the digital bills and a receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running. And the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. 
compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, AKA CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by Arcat. Listen and subscribe right now at arcat.com slash podcast. That's arcat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed, every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you the Entree Architect community. Is there a specific technology that you're just, you're super excited about right now? Something that uh, you may may have discovered or talked to somebody about that you're like, oh, that is going to be disruptive. That's something that's that's really going to change the way we're designing and, and, and developing architecture. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I get excited about all this like every single now we have about 120 of these tools that are registered on our website and i get so excited and passionate about every single one of them um so you know some are solving a small problem some are solving a big problem but but i like it that most of them seem to be tackling a real world problem and i talk to these founders all the time and i feel like the successful ones and the successful solutions are the ones that are made and created by founders who have lived those problems and they're very passionate about yeah. solving it they have like hands-on experience you know in design and construction space and at some point in their career they got so frustrated by an existing problem and wanted to you know solve it uh, so as a, just some, some examples, I personally get excited, you know, like I said about everything, but some examples are like 3D printing, you know, um, the use of 3D uh, digital fabrication and 3D printing in mainstreaming the construction of homes. We actually had a talk uh, a couple of months ago that we had three companies, they were talking to us about how they are building houses, just like regular houses. They're not like fancy, very expensive ones, but they are regular for, for anyone to purchase. And I just loved it how the quality of 3D printing has improved over the past, you know, couple of years. There are still some many issues that have to be resolved, like, you know, heat loss, material selection. There are so many things, but the progress to me is pretty impressive. Um, also, the development in the prefab and modular construction is is very intriguing to me. Is there and, anything specific with modular or prefab that 
recently has because that's sort of been this this slow evolution of that technology you know it's been around for decades but yeah. obviously now it's it's sort of hitting a, a a peak is there anything specific that sort of that you've that you've seen in that part of technology that's that's uh interesting to you yeah you know i've seen a couple of companies that are that have registered their pages you know they they've created a profile for their companies on AC Plastic. And one of them is, for example, it called, um, it's called Intelligent City. They are in Canada. And I love what they are doing. They are, it's, it has started from Canada and they are building like houses, but they, they not only have um, a system for their buildings and the prefab, you know, modular system, but they are also developing some online platforms for all the stakeholders of the project to collaborate uh, real time. Like if you are an investor in the project, if you're an owner, like architect, everyone can uh, collaborate on their pl platform at the same time. And the platform is run by the company. And I think it's pretty smart and pretty intelligent. And it saves a lot of time and, you know, for, for, for crash detection, for coordination, for everything. Yeah. yeah. So, Super yes. interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was also going to mention the uh, fact that we are living in the world where, you know, cloud flexibility, distributed team, you know, remote work right. are becoming standard in so many other areas. And in the, also in the AC world, we see that architects and designers and builders uh, have more of an open mind now and an appetite for doing things differently. You know, they want to be able to, when you're, you're working remotely as an architect, you want to be able to collaborate with your colleagues differently. So now there are tools like, I'm sure you've heard of like Arkeel, for example, they're also on AC Plastic. Some AR, VR tools um, that you can work with your colleagues at uh, real time again design like a space or project and and these tools are becoming more and more affo affordable and accessible to everyone again not just like large resourceful firms but to even like a maybe two people three people residential firm can access or can at least try and test you know using these tools and see how it can help their workflow yeah so when a company um, signs on to AEC plus tech, they sign on and create a profile. So they, they sort of share all their information. And so there's a library of technology companies there. Is that how that works? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they sign up and then they create their page and then they can add cases studies. They can add their key facts like the pricing and the project, their project specialty, their, the kind of project they work on. So they add all this information and they add the case studies and then we organize the information for them in a way that is searchable so we categorize all these tools and then we have some features like compare like similar tools so users can compare these tools to one another or they can find this like similar uh, companies that are doing the same thing and they can also save and share you know these these solutions but as far as the companies signing up yeah they sign up and they add their page their company yeah. page what a great resource you're, you're building there Thank um, you. being being in the heart of it all right you're, you're living in that world of of architecture and engineering construction and and technology um and you've you've practiced in architecture so you know uh what it's like today and where we are at this moment, you know, especially with post pandemic world that we're living in, 
uh, and the technology that has accelerated in the past few years, um, can you sort of put yourself not even that too far in the future, maybe even just five years from now, um, do you see the architecture uh, profession and the industry of architecture and, and engineering and construction um, evolving and, and being different? How, how do you look at the future? Uh, what are your thoughts about where we're headed? Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely going to change like the hardware and the software that we are using really uh, architects and engineers, our contractors are using today are going to change a lot in like five, 10 years from now. And then I think the technology, so it's, it's growing, AEC technology is growing really fast. And I, I think it's going to keep growing and it's going to keep affecting our workflow and the way we work. And it's important to I think no. at least it's my belief that it's not going to be about one particular technology. So it's not going to be all about like 3D printing or some particular one, but it's about all these technologies um, working together more effectively, you know, and, and e easier. So now we have like all these different phases of design and goes to construction and it's very, it's pretty like disconnected. Things don't work with one another. Software reviews don't work with one another. So I think the future is that all these tools are going to work better together and, you know, the interoperability aspect of these tools. Um, so that's how I don't, I never see uh, our AC plus the community members as competitors because I feel like this industry is so vast, it's so huge and there's room for all of them. And it's really important that all of them are in conversation with one another so they can together revolutionize the industry. So it's not just like one particular tool, but, but all of them together working together. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I do another podcast, I co-host another podcast called Build Smart. Um, it's actually Patrick McLamey's podcast and I'm his co-host. Uh, he's the former CEO of HOK. He's also the international chairman of Building Smart. And Building Smart is an international organization who's dedicated to inter interoperability. Um, they are the ones that created IFC, the, the format that so many technologies use to, to have that interoperability. We just finished recording season two and it's all about Building International and it's store, uh, not building, uh, Building Smart International. Um, and, the, and the story of how Building Smart International was created, but also um, the technologies of, of, of what's happening today and all of that interoperability that you're talking about that is going to define our future. Um, it hasn't launched yet, but look for it because it's going to be a really fascinating story in uh, season two of Build Smart. Um, sure, that's wonderful. But it's, it's so much in alignment with what you just said about the future. Uh, that's exactly what Patrick says as well uh, about about the future. And so I'm really excited about the yeah. future because he also sees the future in collaboration and not competition. Uh, it is how we're going to get to where we're going in the future by bringing all of our knowledge and all our technologies together and making them work uh, interoperability, you know, they bring that interoperability together. So uh, so everyone benefits from it. It's 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 very exciting to uh, be living in this moment uh, and yeah. being involved in architecture uh, and being able to, you know, have these conversations like you and I are having right now. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So 
And, you know, I think it's one of the things that we really learn from technology to scale ideas, you know, and is to scale knowledge. Because unlike, like you say, unlike the building industry, unlike, unlike the AC industry, that is all about competition and secrecy. And, and it's, you know, there, there are only a few buildings, you know, if you think about it, like there's a building and then only a few companies get to design and construct it. So it's an inherent part of what we do. But um, so that's why we lack that openness in our practice. Um, so most of our work is just like it's one set of, you know, drawings on a server somewhere, a bunch of code, code that we never reuse. And finally, like a luxury product in the form of a building. But, but we, like you're saying, it's really important to think about technology and it's kind of learn from it. Right. So we're at 3,000, how old are we? Like 3,000 old like industry. So uh, we, of course, we have a lot to teach the world of technology, but we also have to be open to learn, you know, from it. You know, like this concept of open source, for example. Yeah. It's been around forever in the tech world, but it's very new in our space in our industry so it means like openness of our practice so it's important yeah, to yeah. think about it i agree it is important and i also agree that it is the future i think that's where we're going i think i think um the this generation and future generations uh are not only going to expect that to be the case because that's the way um kids are being raised today with this sharing of knowledge and in interacting with one another in real time, um, they'll demand it. They will just see it as the way it should be. Uh, and, and, you know, I think people like you and I, and, and the people who are here today working in this profession are the transition, right? We are the, the moment in time in this profession that it went from the way it was to the way it will be. And so it's, uh, it's exciting to be, to be part of this, uh, this community right now. Yep, definitely. For sure. Um, Nick Naz, what would you say, um, you're talking to thousands of small firm architects right now who are listening, primarily small firms. There's lots of architects and engineers and construction people, and um, but primarily we're, we're a community of small firm architects. What would you say to them is, um, what can they do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. I think it's really important for small firms to have a network uh, of other small firms that they are constantly talking to. So it could be they are more than welcome to join our AC Plus the community. You know, we have an active Slack channel, social media events and all that. But even if they have other communities, like the, it could be like, like in the Bay Area here in San Francisco, there is an AIA small firm committee. And I think it's like about hundreds of small firms in the Bay Area I talked to them recently and some of them were telling me how actually that was that inspired me to think more about this concept of like the community and network. Um, so they were telling me how their network has been the most important resource for them for their uh, business, as well as their um, keeping their workflow and their tech stack updated. So if they have any question, like, I don't know, transitioning from cat to Revit. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Um, Archicad versus Revit? Because, because I talked to them about their tech stack and technology. So these were the questions that we were talking about. So they were telling me how their network has been like this group of um, other companies that they talk to on a regular basis, on a monthly basis has been the most important 
and valuable resource for them. So I think it's very important for um, every small firm to have that those connections and those you know friends and colleagues around yeah. to talk to about um, the business and everything. And my second advice is keeping their tech stack updated. So uh, don't be scared of. So what I hear all the time is that these new tools and technologies are very expensive and cost is always the most uh, important factor for especially small and medium-sized firms. They can't really afford, you know, um, this like some of these like fancy technologies is for like larger firms, like for Zaha Hadiths, but, but it's not true. There are really useful and beneficial solutions that are there for small firms to use, um, like rendering and visualization, 3D modeling, collaboration, like you name it. There are now, there's a growing number of these tools and technologies that are made for, for small firms to use. And um, it's worth it that they can even just test, just give it a try, you know, just test it and see if they like it or not. They can have sometimes like their summer intern, like the, some of their renderings in another tool, like let's try, I don't know, Inkscape, Luminance, like Fullogram, something, something new and see how they like it. So it's important in this time of change, as we were, you know, talking earlier, this, we are transitioning. Um, so in this time of change, it's important that they keep their tech stack updated. Excellent advice. Her name is Niknaz Aftahi. The website, you can learn all about all of this stuff, right? At aecplustech.com, all spelled out, aecplustech, all spelled out, one word, .com. Go check it out. You can learn all about the different technologies that are happening. If you're a tech company, you should go check it out. If you're an architect or an engineer or a construction pro, you should check it out. Um, go check it out at aecplustech.com. Uh, Niknaz Aftahi, <laughs> thank you. Thank I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you for, uh, for joining me today. Uh, I appreciate you for, for building this platform. I think it's an important platform. Uh, it, it, like we were talking about this moment in time where technology and architecture are growing and evolving simultaneously. Uh, and it will transform our profession. It will transform our world. Um, and building a platform like yours is is critical, right? That information is important for our profession to to learn what they need to learn in order to 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 uh, to design and build the future. So I appreciate you for building AEC Plus Tech, um, and I appreciate you for coming on the show with me here at Entree Architect Podcast. Of course, thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I'm a big fan. I've been following you and following your work and your great podcast. And it's been really an honor to be here. And I absolutely enjoyed the conversation. I agree. A pleasure meeting you and a pleasure uh, speaking with you today. I've been, been uh, really excited about the, the work that you're doing over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, go write a review. I would love to know what you think of this podcast and it helps other architects find us. So go do five-star rating if you like it, share, write a review, I'd love it, and share a link to this episode with a friend because that's how we've grown. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands of architects throughout the world just like you. Thank you to our sponsors, RCAT, and FreshBooks for their support 
of this episode, I ask you to support them because they support us. And if they're supporting us, they're supporting you. So go support them. Got it? Go support our sponsors. Links to our sponsors. So you can click on those links and go right to them. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we shared today are available at the show notes for this episode at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. All the shows are there. entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows. I think there are 11 of them there now. Go there, gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And I hope you're going to join us in Austin, November 1st through November 3rd, 2022. Those are the dates for the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting, our first ever live and in-person conference for you, the small firm architect community. Visit entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting right now to learn more. That's entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting, and I will see you in Austin in November. Don't miss this. This is going to be great. entrearchitect.com slash annual meeting. It's a conference for you, small firm architects. Thank you for listening today to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, Stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. 
Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. And so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.